following is a podcast of Echo, a middle school ministry at Victory Family Church. For more details, visit lifeatvictory.com slash middle school. Do you sometimes think, oh man, I'm not as good as every day. We have those thoughts, huh? Guess what? I think you, what is your name, baby? Sinai? That's beautiful. Thank you for your honesty. Because you know what? That is the internal dialogue that we experience every day. And today, I'm going to bring some truth to you that might challenge some of our theology. Amen. That might challenge some of our theology, um, but it's really good. And it's going to bring us back to a place of understanding who we are. And that is so valuable for everything that you are going to do, okay? So if you have your Bibles, if you don't, that's okay. We're going to go to Genesis. Is Genesis the last book of the Bible? Boom! First book of the Bible. It's the beginning, right? So we're going to start in Genesis 3 in a very, very familiar passage. It's Genesis 3 where the serpent comes to Eve. You guys know this story, right? This is probably one of the first stories we learn. And a lot of, you've probably been in nurseries or in, in, in places in the church that, where you've seen the tree and a snake and an apple. Typically, it looks like an apple. They don't say apple, it just says fruit. But let's, let's read here. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Can I ask you something? I want you all just to, each one of you, take a moment and shout out to me different names for the adversary, for the, what are, what are different names we call him? The serpent. Devil. I heard that. Good. The enemy. Good. Satan. Good. Lucifer. Good. Anybody else? (laughs) What about the father of lies? Right? That's a good one, isn't it? We know our theology, our Bible, our word tells us that in him there is no truth. He is the father of lies. But for so long, a lot of the people, like growing up, your parents probably were raised in churches, that we kind of took this passage of scripture and took it as being truth, which is impossible. Because from him, there is no truth. So we know the first sentence he says is that you will not surely die. We know that's a lie, right? God said you're going to die. So we, we, we recognize, okay, that's a lie. That's a trick. But every part of what the enemy says has to be lie because in him there is no truth, okay? We're not going to get too deep in that, but I'm just laying a foundation so you can understand where we're going. So the next sentence says, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now let me flip back to Genesis 1. When God made everything, he created the heavens and the earth and everything in it. Does anybody know what God said after he finished on the first day? Yep. Let there be light. That was, yes. What did he say when he completed his work on that first day? Do you know what he ended that day with? Yes. Yes. Good job, bud. 
and it was good. What about on the second day? What did he say to end it? It was good. What did he say on the third day? It was good. And on the fourth and on the fifth and on the sixth day, he made us. And God says, let us make man in our image, in our image. It's a triune God, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In love, through love, and for love. That is our purpose. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over everything. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then he said, God saw that everything he had made, God saw that he had Everything that he had made. And indeed, it was very good. So every day when God creates all the animals, the ocean, and all the deep sea creatures, he says it's good. But after he's done creating us, he says it is very good. And then he rested after he made us. Isn't that amazing? Well, here we are in Genesis 3. Here we are, and the serpent comes to Eve. And he says, listen, if you eat of this fruit, God doesn't want you to eat it. Because if you eat it, then you're going to be like him. And you'll know good from evil. Well, we know eating of the fruit truly was to give knowledge of good and evil. So what must have been smack dab in the middle of that statement? Because we know it has to be a lie. It has to be lie, right? He says, eat this and you'll be like God. Boom. Mic drop. But you already are. See, what happened in the garden was the enemy came to her and said, hey, 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 Eve, come here. You need to eat this fruit. And when you eat it, you're going to become like God. In her knowingness of what she has known, walking with God in how she was created, instantly this would have resonated with her and said, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got to eat this fruit. I know I'm supposed to be like God. I'm supposed to be like him. Wait, what what do you mean? If I eat this, then I'll become like God. So I better eat this so then I can be like God. The fact was, they made, it says in Genesis 1, they made us in their image. So what the enemy sets out to do, just like he does with Eve, for every single one of us, it is the same lie that comes to us and speaks to us every day, moment over moment, that tells you you're not good enough. You're not like God. But see, Christ came, he died, and rose again that we might be made new creations, restored to the original image of God, that we may walk in the wholeness of who he's created us to be without shame. See, that is what Christ came to do, to fulfill. And you as believers, those who've received the free gift of salvation, who have said, yes, Jesus, come in. Yes, God, I'm a new creation. The moment that you did that, you were restored back to the initial intention of the Father. You were given his likeness. You're his image bearer. So when the enemy comes to you, The only tool he can use is a lie. Scripture tells us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We know the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? He seeks whom he may devour. 
But do you know that the only thing that can actually touch a believer of God is believing in a lie? Scripture says we are destroyed by the lie we believe. We are destroyed by the lie we believe. So what does that lie look like? What happens in our day-to-day? What is the enemy speaking to us? Because, see, he is not the opposite of God. He is not omnipresent and he is not omnipotent. Yes, he has his minions who do his work for him. But he cannot be in all places at all times. So what does he do? He leans in on the original lie, the original tool, and the only tool he has, which is lie. And that lingers in us and continues to speak over us. So what are some things that tell us we're not like God? What, are, what is some of that inner dialogue that you yourself have? And I want, I'm asking for you to share. I know for myself, I've thought, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not strong enough to do that. What are some things that the enemy has whispered to you? What are some lies? Yes. Not good enough. That's a big one, huh? That's a big one. Yep. Yes, bud. What's that? You suck. Yep. Yes. I'll never be good at this. That's right. Hmm. They don't like you. Do you know after the enemy came and lied to Eve, the very first thing he did was try to isolate her. Got them each pointing at the other so they felt like they were alone. That was, that was one of the very first consequences. What else? I saw another hand. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. That it's not possible. You can't do it. Yep. What else, baby? You'll never make it. That's good. What else? You'll never get through it. Can I tell you? Yes, baby. What is it, baby? That's a big one. And can I tell you what's so powerful that you chose to share that one? When the enemy comes to her and says, if you eat this, then you'll be like God. What he did in that moment was he inserted himself into her story, separating her from what she already was, which was made in the image of love, through love, for love, simply for the sake of love. God didn't have to create us, but he chose to. I'm not loved. Every one of these I bring this to you today because it is vitally important that you understand first and foremost, every single person in the entire earth, every single great athlete, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, every phenomenal singer that you can think of, every Nobel Peace winner, every single one of them have struggled with this lie. It is not uncommon. So when the enemy comes to you and tries to whisper, oh no, you're not loved. Everybody else is loved, but you're not. That's a lie. 
This lie is at the very foundation of who we are. And the reason it is, is because the enemy knows he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If he can steal your identity, he can kill the gift of God inside of you and get you so focused on what you're not that you'll spend your life in a cycle of destruction. Let me tell you, when you became a new creation in Christ, when he made you anew, he made you a joint heir with him. When he made you anew, he said, listen, baby, you're not the tail, you're the head. Listen, baby doll, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Every part of you is intricately woven by me. When God made you, it wasn't by accident or by happenstance. And let me assure you, as sorrowful as your heart may get at times, as lonely as you may get, I know it is tough being where you are. As sad as you may get, let me tell you right now, this world needs you. God saw it fit to create you. And if it weren't so, you wouldn't be here. So every lie that says you're not worth it, you're not valuable, your life is not worth it, is a lie. The truth of God over you sings and speaks all day long. See, I know that this is an issue, and the reason why I wanted to bring it to you tonight Because I feel that, not I feel, I know that if we don't get the very foundation of who we are, get an understanding that we are made in his image and just like him, that dialogue that you hear and even sometimes the people speak to you, if we don't get that corrected, if we don't address it, and and it's not even that you're not going to have the thoughts anymore. That's not it. It's that you recognize it as lie and replace it with truth. Let me tell you a short story, and then I'm going to let you guys break into your groups here. My little girl, Mia, when she was just two years old, she was playing with her little character. She loves, like, little mini people or, like, Minnie Mouse and Mickey, and she just plays with them. It's so sweet. And so she was about two years old, and she's playing in front of me, and I was just grabbing my cup of coffee and to sit back down. And when I did, she threw her toys down. And I said, baby. She starts hitting herself in her head. She's two, okay? And I said, baby, what is wrong? She said, mommy, I'm so dumb. Wait, what? I'm so stupid. In that moment, my heart was so awakened to the reality of how the enemy works. And I will spend the rest of my life uncovering and unfoiling his master plan. At two years old, the enemy was already starting to whisper to her lies of who she was. Where does that come from? My two-year-old little girl who we don't even sit and mention dumb or stupid in my house. Where does that come from? She's just putting sentences together. 
It comes from a very real adversary who is after your soul, who is after your identity, who is trying to strip you of your power because you were created with more power than he could ever dream of. Do you understand that the enemy, when he was created, he wasn't created in the image of the father. He was created as a cow. You understand that, right? The same thing that God used to create the cows was the same measure by which he, being a created being, would have been used. The only measure in which God used himself to create was when he created us. So here's my two-year-old believing a lie at two, and I instantly stopped her and I said, baby, don't hurt yourself. First of all, we don't hit ourselves. No, no, baby, you're loved. And at two, as simply as I could, I explained to her, I said, baby, You're not stupid. You're not dumb. You're made just like him. And I said, you know who's saying that? I said, the adversary. And all he does is lie. So when you hear something that tells you that you're the tail and not the head, that you are being dominated over and not reigning with Christ, it's a lie from the enemy. And in that moment, we replaced the line. I said, no, let me ask you something, baby. And she was so little. I said, is God awesome? Yeah, mommy. (laughs) I said, is God so smart? Yeah, mommy. So if we can't say, and we wouldn't say it of God, why would we say it of us? But we have this dialogue, and even you, as you're sitting here now, you have that dialogue of the lie. So what I want us to do is I want us to take a few minutes, and worship team, if you want to come, I want us to take a few minutes, and I want us to just kind of close our eyes, and I want you to think about some of the lies that you believed. Think about... Some of the spaces that the enemy tried to tell you, you don't measure up or you're too much of something. Think about those things. You'll never fit in. You're not loved. Your life isn't worth living. And now as you think about that, I want you to hear very clearly with your eyes closed, your heart fixed on Jesus. I want you to ask him and invite him to speak to that space and to replace that lie with the truth. What does Jesus say? What does he say of you?
Father, I pray right now every single person under the sound of my voice The lie would lose its power and its strength right now in Jesus' name. That in the unfolding of the truth, the lie falls and truth reigns. And you again, Father, are our advocate. I pray right now, God, our hearts and our minds be awakened to the moment the lie rolls over. Be awakened to the moments that we believe the lie. And in those moments right now, I pray for a supernatural quickening of their spirit, of their soul, and of their mind. That when that lie comes, Father, that you, the Son of the living God, would infuse such a power and a knowing of who you are and whose they are. That they would awaken to the truth of God within. And every part of their identity would rest in you alone, God. No lies, God. But the truth of who you are, the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite you guys to worship with the worship team. And make it try to keep this space for just you and the Lord. Because the lie is so rooted in us and it's such a default mode that we go to that in this moment, what I'm believing as this worship team is ministering over you, I'm believing that as you engage in this moment, that root is gonna be exposed and shriveled up and the truth of who you are is gonna reign in you. You were created on purpose for purpose, with purpose. And until the Lord calls you home, he has a divine destiny for you to fulfill. Amen. Stand with us.